What's up, everybody? I'm Jamal. And I'm Brandon. And this is The Way We Ball. Thank you for listening, everybody. The Way We Ball. A lot has happened. Luckily, we decided to record a day later. Um, and it looked like it worked out in the end because so much has happened in just the last 24 hours. Before we get into Dynamo Talk, I wanted to start today's episode with somewhat of a rant, I guess. Last week, Brandon, in my uh, balling around the globe, I had a a great story for the sport of soccer in the U.S. as Corpus Christi FC announced their plans to go pro and build a soccer-specific stadium. I told you it was healthy uh, for teams in the lower league to get bigger, get better, um, and a rising tide raises all ships. Well, in the same week I made that announcement, we had two pretty devastating um, news breaks. First off being the MLS decided to pull out of the Open Cup, leaving that open to the MLS next teams. And the second devastating news piece, which was very devastating to me, um, was the USL Championship side RGV FC Toros decided to cease all operations effective immediately. Um, I mentioned it before. I worked for a USL Championship club. Um, uh, Surprise, surprise. It was the RGV FC Toros. See the jersey I got back there? Shouts out to RGV. Uh, Now, it's very disappointing for a few reasons. One, um, that was my introduction into the world of soccer. Had it not been for them, I would have never gotten that experience. Um, So I'll always be grateful for that. There's a lot of folks who are in my shoes, not just on the pitch. I think when people think about a, a club, they just think about the players. There's players, there's trainers, there's people on the marketing side, there's ticket salespeople, there's production people. A, a ton of people, a ton of moving parts to make the vehicle go are all jobless now or now don't have that opportunity here in the Rio Grande Valley, a place in the state of Texas that usually gets overlooked and is underserved. Now we don't have that professional team. A lot of people have been going after ownership, uh, but I'm not one of those people. I will forever be grateful that we had a local businessman cough up over $30 million. $30 million to bring a professional soccer team here and provide some of the best facilities in USL Championship. For the longest time, we were the only club with the soccer-specific stadium, training room, training fields, you name it. They did not shed. Um, they did not leave any any pennies on the table. I know the ambition was for that club to go uh, MLS eventually. Um, that was the same year that FC Cincinnati came into the USL Championship. And unfortunately for us, FC Cincinnati got to have that uh, that fun ride into the MLS where they're now playing in the semifinals. That could have been RGV if things went the right way. There's a lot of lessons to be learned. Um, I know RGV made a lot of mistakes, um, and this isn't to call anybody out. That, that could be its own episode. But I think the bigger picture here is U.S. soccer, the U.S. Soccer uh, Federation, and the way things are aligned right now. It's not friendly for the lower leagues. It's expensive. The lifeline, it's very, it's very low, and it's very easy for teams to go belly up. Uh, on the Football Americas podcast, uh, Sebastian went on, an, on a great rant, and I agree with him 100%. We need to make changes, Brandon, uh, and I don't know if that'll ever happen in our lifetime. I think of the movie The Founder that talks about McDonald's uh, being founded. 
there's a scene where he says, you're not in the restaurant business no more. You're the real estate business. And I feel like that's what Dan Garber has turned the MLS. It's not a business about soccer and providing the best um, soccer players, soccer coaches. It's about real estate and these clubs being a business. And it's unfortunate because who suffers? The fans suffer. The smaller clubs suffer. Everyone else under the soccer pyramid that's not MLS suffers. So I just wanted to go on the little rant. And again, this deserves its own episode. Um, the fact that MLS will not be a part of the oldest tournament in all of sports in the United States feels like a big F you to the soccer purist. <laughs> it's, I, I don't get the reasoning. I, I, well, I do get the reasoning. There's a simple fix to the complaints. Bring bigger rosters. That's it. Brazil does it. Argentina does it. Go look at a Brazilian roster. There's 30, 40 team, uh, people on a squad. But they decided to go after the big bucks. And I know our first segment, we're going to really focus on the Open Cup. So I have more to say about that. The U.S. Soccer Fed, or MLS, excuse me, saw the Open Cup as low-hanging fruit. They went for the League's Cup where all the money is. I said it before we started in our pre-show talk that the MLS wants the soccer, the Mexican soccer fans and the Mexican league wants the MLS TV money. That's where this is headed. That's why there's no more open cup. It's that simple. So that can lead us into uh, segment one, Brandon, where we talk about the decision to pull out of the open cup, but I just wanted to give that special recognition to RGV FC Toros the same year that we also lost San Diego loyal, a very respected club in the USL championship. And I don't think that's the last time we're going to hear of a club going belly up from now until this time next year. So um, hopefully something gets changed. If you want to look for that model, go look at the Japanese league started the same year as the MLS. Look at, it's funny because we've talked about them every episode, but (laughs) they've made changes. They just announced that they're adopting the, the European schedule. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't start out as a uh, promotion relegation league. That came years later when they found out that it would be actually healthier for the open system. So if MLS wants to look for something successful, I I don't want to hear the excuse that we're too young of a league. Just go look at what Japan's doing. looks like they they have it right. So So before we start talking open cup changes, I kind of want to have a couple of things about um, what happened down uh, down in the valley. So I know they took the stadium, right? And they actually sold it to the college because that's going to be a, the new, like, is it D1, D2 football school? It's D1. D1. Yeah. Okay. Uh, F- FCS. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be their new football stadium, right? Uh, so, th- so it's not, it's not like ink to paper, but that was the idea. So when they built the stadium, it was postponed a few months. It was supposed to be open for the USL championship season, the inaugural season. It was postponed like three, four months because they made changes to the locker room specifications so that it could house an NCAA football team if that were to happen. That was five, six years ago. So I believe the ambition was always there for a, well, for a, for a football team. But it, that's kind of what like, I'm wondering, though. Like, Did the football team and the football money kind of dictate pushing this team to closing their doors because I guess they don't want to share facilities for some reason. So then you can kind of buy them out a little bit. Yeah, it was, I believe it was an outlet for ownership to make their money back. The agree, the idea was for both of them to cohesively play at the stadium, the same way TSU does with uh, shell. Um, But the U S the, the soccer, 
the soccer system is very friendly to to owners to ownership groups. Mm. And again, I don't mean to like back big money up, but <laughs> it, 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 it's not very friendly. If you're if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to uh, uh, build a soccer team, you're going to take a loss. And the league doesn't offer many assets for you to recuperate those funds. And it's always like gimme, gimme, gimme. A lot of owners are upset with this new TV deal that uh, that the USL Championship has agreed with CBS Sports just because there's no profit sharing with this new TV deal. So if you're a USL Championship club and one of the perks is being on TV and getting those profit shares, you're not going to get that anymore with the CBS deal. So a lot of owners are very upset with everything happening right now in the USL. Well, hold on, tying that in there, because then with our Open Cup now and also talking exactly what you were just talking about with TV money, wouldn't this actually benefit them with the new rule changes to play in this type of new U.S. Open Cup system? Because with it just being next pro teams, obviously people are going to want to watch it on some scale. So that means a different kind of revenue of TV money. Did they miss the boat closing their doors now rather than trying to kick this can for another year? You're on the MLS side? No, in terms of, the, uh, in terms of talking about the team down in the Valley that just closed their doors. Yeah, well, the thing with the thing with the USLs when you agree um, to to operate as a as a team, you have to have a minimum contract. So it's four years usually, three to four years. So if they were going, if they were already, if they were already contemplating giving up, they would have had to make that decision now. And and mm-hmm. I don't with the with the soccer with the football team coming. Excuse me, I don't think it really made sense for for ownership to um, to do another three to four years. So then in terms of, yeah, we make our money back. Let's get out now and everybody goes home. That's what it, that's what it seems like. And, and again, like, dude, the, I don't know if you ever saw HEB Park. It, yeah. It, I, I've never seen it in person. I've seen obviously pictures of it. That's why I dude, saw it rivaled some MLS stadiums. It was, it oh, it looks was great. It was sick. Yeah. So like the fact that, that again, that they're ambitious enough to build a club in hopes to go to the MLS, like I, I can't fault ownership, man. If, if I had my way, if I had a chance to get out and, not take a huge loss. I can you blame him for that, especially with the structure the way it is with MLS. No, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like I, I knew with the football team coming in to try to kind of buy that stadium out, it made sense to me that that's an easier way to close operations because you're like, yeah, we'll take the money and run kind of a deal. Why, why battle or kind of just keep drawing yeah. this out? So I get it. So it is. It is sad just because I know a lot of people down there actually really are passionate about the team it's funny to hear them kind of talk about different players and everything like that and that'd be fun to keep developing the rivalry of these mls teams playing these lower division teams and now we're going to kind of be robbed of that everybody on twitter obviously hates this new rule change but i don't really get it to be honest with you because to me this seems like another opportunity to sell to apple to try to make more money of more people coming to your revenue stream to watch more games of their MLS team play. And so to me, it doesn't really make sense because if it is about a roster, then wouldn't you in the end kind of expand the cap and then allow for more players to come in and be signed. So like, I just don't get this. This doesn't really make sense to me. It doesn't. And especially with the timeline of Messi being here and all eyes on us and all the money being spent in the league, as far as like advertisers, why are we taking such small steps? Like not even the extra DP doesn't like yeah. now the time to, isn't now the time to execute that. I, I I don't understand Dan Garber's like mindset on this. 
And I felt like he kept teasing all year long, like, oh, there's going to be changes. Like, buckle up, guys. It's going to be a new MLS. And literally nothing happened. But I'm really shocked from Apple and Adidas' side. Why wouldn't they be putting the pressure on? Because it's like, look what bringing just Messi did for this sport and the world and the recognition that it got. Like, if we can continue to bring these type of players, like, imagine if we can buy Ronaldo away from Saudi. Wouldn't happen, but Ronaldo-esque type of players. If we can get Neymar to come over here, like, that's a good way to build recognition with players that aren't completely out of their prime. Yeah, they're, they're, they're getting closer to that door closing, but they can still offer something tremendous. I think if Apple and Adidas started putting more in a little bit money on this, it makes it interesting. I, I, I just think there's more of a clever way here for us to be able to spend more money and keep things like the U.S. Open Cup going. Isn't this whole trophies thing like, oh, the oldest trophy in America, and now what's the point of it? One thing I'm curious about, so I will say, I guess the, uh, I don't want to say the silver lining in all this, but I guess one positive thing or, or one way to look at the glass half full, at least now these USL championship clubs have a true shot of winning this, right? And yeah. that just opens them up getting into the CONCACAF uh, 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 cup or whatever. So, I mean, I guess I guess that's the positive to all this. I'd love to see uh, I don't, like Sacramento play in the CONCACAF uh, uh, clubs cup. So I, I guess that's the, that's the positive to all this, but I'm curious, just, just let's say Houston Dynamo too. Let's say Dynados are playing and they're in the semifinals. They're in the finals against the USL championship side. How serious is the Dynamo front office going to take that match? Do they, are they <laughs> going to take some help from the first team to win that? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I, I've, I've been, I've been thinking about that. How seriously, if they make it sound like it's not that big of a deal, how serious is MLS going to have their MLS next teams for uh, compete in that? I hope it's a thing that they're thinking all tides can kind of lift, you know, all boats in an essence here by just making the whole league better and more money aware to things. But I don't know. In all honesty, I can't imagine you're going to take it very seriously if you're expanding League's Cup and especially CONCACAF Cup, and especially now that League's Cup is also adding, adding Argentinian teams, right? Like, to bring home now Messi. So that's going to add more games in the future for that. So I think with more rivaling things, they're not probably going to take it as seriously as you're going to take these other things seriously. And I don't know. I just don't understand what kind of money they're chasing here yet. I think I wish there was a little bit more transparency and obvious, like obvious play here for the future. It would make sense if they expanded the DP slots and if they expanded the cap and then we understand all that. It would make sense if they kind of made the, U.S. Open Cup a little bit different. We're packaged it in with Apple. Like these moves, you would be like, okay, this is us growing it. But I just don't get this. I don't understand. I really don't. Yeah, like literally and metaphor and metaphorically speaking, it feels like MLS. It's closing itself off from everybody else. Yeah. Like not being able to play in Mexico for the League's Cup. Uh, you're inviting <laughs> Argentina. You're not going to play in Argentina. Like it's always, you know, come here, come here. And I get it. We have the infrastructure with stadiums and, and, and TV and all that, but it's not as fun. Like not seeing like, dude, Liverpool, Istanbul, how fun is that? Like doing that <laughs> in another country, right? We're never going to experience anything game. like that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't get it. Like we MLS, the bigger it gets, the more, the, the higher it's building up its walls. I don't think it's really healthy. Plus Go ahead. Plus, if it starts to grow, 
you're going to have these companies that are going to be like, you know what, let's go spend some of our money there and build up that stadium and we'll make revenue and share into this town. Like it's a way to just kind of grow other countries as well, because I don't think Americans are aware of what soccer stadiums look like in Argentina. So like, or in Mexico, like that Monterey pick gets passed around ever so often from their stadium. And it's always a little bit enhanced, but it is still a beautiful stadium. And people are just shocked to think that it's not that far away. I think if you open the doors to that, eventually their stadiums could not necessarily rival ours, but be modern-esque. Like, I think that's not out of the realm here. And the same token, like these South American fans, even European fans need to see how much soccer has evolved in this country. I love, so I follow a bunch of European guys, right? Like my, my personal Twitter is Wrexham Texan. Like I, I have a bunch of like Wrexham followers and they always give me shit and they're always posting that stupid uh, Seattle Sounders fight and win. <laughs> like they think that's every MLS supporter group. And I'm like, dude, that was nearly two decades ago. Like the MLS has changed. It's evolved. Like let's show some of that spirit and fan support in other countries. Like, dude, I, we said it last time, the surge in Monterrey, the surge in Guadalajara, that'd be awesome, man. And we're not going to experience any of that. Maybe a preseason game if we're lucky, but again, it's preseason. Um, I bet you well, right now, if we flew to Argentina, you know how many inner Miami jerseys we would see, you know, it's one way that you can kind of grow it by just all of a sudden, maybe if we got a player and suddenly you see some dynamo jerseys around there, it's not far fetched to think that there, that this kits and recognition can reach the world. We're going to talk about it later. I don't know if you're going to see much of the new inner Miami jerseys. If that <laughs> leak is, is true. <laughs> so uh, yeah, those were horrendous. Yeah. So, um, speaking on uh, open open cup before we switch segments. So, a uh, friend of the of the pod, Dago, hit us up with this question. Hey, I have a question for your next episode. Do you think Don Garber pulled out of the U.S. of the U.S. Open Cup because he's still mad about flying all the way to Miami in a tournament he clearly does not care about, only to see the mighty Houston Dynamo beat his special baby, Messi FC? You want to go first? <laughs> Obviously, I think he's being a little tongue-in-cheek there and just kind of laying it on <laughs> thick, which is funny. Um, but in all honesty, it's like like we keep on mentioning. I have no idea why he's doing this, so it's not a far-fetched thing to think that he would be throwing a fit. Do I think he's actually doing it? No, I think it is funny. I, I, I But I don't get it, like everybody else and everything we've been saying. I mean, to be fair, yeah, he didn't get to see uh, his uh, his baby messy, but you know who he did see? His baby Dorsey. And, Damn right uh, he did. Call me crazy, but uh, I think that's uh, that's worth more than admission. Um, I hear he got a dynamo tattoo. A Dorsey dynamo tattoo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I will say, I didn't, I didn't really deep dive into it on that whole rant to begin with, but this was something that on the USL side, we kind of thought this would happen. We didn't know when or how, because this was, keep in mind, when I was there, this was before uh, League's Cup was a thing. So we always felt like we were the redheaded stepchild, the open cup. Like we were pumped for it. We were excited. We could possibly play the Dynamo, Austin, Dallas. And to them, it was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, <laughs> there was no effort in marketing it at all. MLS was in charge of marketing the open cup. They, I don't know if it was a contract or what, but marketing the U.S. open cup fell under MLS's umbrella and they did it. And when League's Cup was announced, I don't know if you recall, but Dan Garber, came out a few times and mentioned how the open cup really doesn't fit our standard. 
the TV quality doesn't really fit our standard. Some of these stadiums don't really fit our standard. We shouldn't be playing in baseball parks. He kept leaving these little jabs where it's like, we're better than this cup. We deserve more than this cup. And to me, when he mentioned that, that this was earlier in the year before the start of League's Cup, I was like, okay, there it is. That was the last nail on the coffin. They're out of this thing. And if you look, they're out of this thing. So I think they've had this plan for a while. I don't think it was because he didn't get to see Messi play. Um, (laughs) But if there is a universe where Dan Garber comes out and admits that's why he gave up the Open Cup, I will send $100 (laughs) to Dago's uh, cash app. So... uh, I think that's only Keep fair. me on your contact list. Yeah, it's only fair, man. So, uh, alrighty, Brandon. So that was it regarding the Open Cup. I feel again we could go on for hours. It's going to be the Christmas season, so let's make it uh, short and sweet for these folks. Let's go off the post. Yeah, so let's talk some transfer news, kind of rumors here going around. Uh, so there's kind of three players I want to focus on. I mean. Obviously, first thing we can talk about, Dorsey being re-signed. I think that's awesome. Fantastic. I mean, I don't really have much to add on that besides everything that we'd want to say is like, he's the perfect addition to bring onto the team. We know how much we love him. I, I think that kind of wraps everything up in a nutshell for, for Dorsey. I, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit more interesting kind of transactions going on around the league. So first one I want to talk about first is Emil Forsberg. Uh, he went from... Uh, German's uh, sister club, the Leipzig, from to New York Red Bulls. Now, this is kind of a two-parter here. He went over there for uh, how much did he go for? He's taken a DP slot three years through 26, and he has an option in 2027. He is 32 years old, but he's really, really good. This makes it an interesting thing that it's a move between kind of a sister club here. That should all of MLS do this? Would we actually benefit if we were a sister club to bigger bigger clubs throughout the world and we utilize more of their either elder players or their younger guys that just need more talent, would that actually be more of an attractive product here in the end? I don't know because I'm torn with um, the European, with, with EPL having that, I don't know if you read within the last month or so, where clubs like Newcastle, who are owned by the Saudi um, Sports Authority, can do the same thing with their Saudi clubs in Saudi Arabia, yeah. the infamous Ronaldo teams. So there, that leaves a sour taste in my mouth, right? Because that's the best of the best. Those guys have infinite amount of cash. That doesn't seem very fair to like a Burnley type of squad. So the only reason I'm against it is like, we barely have a competent ownership group who has cash to spend on players. And I don't want to go up against that fight where I'm worried if, like let's say Austin gets in cahoots with Bayern Munich and our sister club is, is I don't know, uh, Sporting Lisbon. Like that's not fair, right? Like they're going to yeah, have a better it player. It could also be like from. AC Milan and Inter Milan. Like it doesn't have to be EPL league only. I mean, like theirs is from the German league. Ours could be from the French league. We could pull from PSG. Like I think it's an interesting aspect that you could partner with somebody big depending on how much money you want to spend or how big your market is as well. Like think about it. The two LA's, the two New York's, those fly off. Then who's next? Probably us in Chicago and Miami at this point. Right. So like it's, I think it favors us in all honesty. If we want to partner with how big Houston is, I think we land a whale. So I guess that's where I'm concerned. That's where I'm confused. So when you say partner, is this like a a monetary transaction or is this like a loanee kind of deal 
No, this in terms of this, this is a cell like between their sister club of between New York and I. I know NYCFC used to have a deal with Man City as well back Man in the City, day. Yeah. So like, like I'm not sure how it all breaks down. I mean, I'm not in the contract room. I don't know it that much. But it could be to me. Would this be smarter if the Dynamo was in cahoots with Inner AC, whoever you want to paint us with, right? And we took on their more youth academy guys or their first teamers who are they're like benchers who don't even play on the you know second team squad like would that benefit our league rather than trying to sign a 19 year old from honduras uh i don't i think i'm against it just because i feel like that can kind of blind you sometimes like if let's say we're tied with ac milan and there's a decent 18 year old striker there might be a better 19, 20 year old striker in Honduras, but we're always going to go for the AC Milan guys that, I don't know. I just don't like being attached to that one squad. And I, I just, I'm going off the fans perspective. Like I'm always going to be negative. Like, Oh, we could have gotten this other guy, but because of AC Milan. So I don't like the idea of pairing. I mean, it's like you said, it's been happening with uh, NYFC and Man City. And I mean, they weren't the most successful club. So they won a title not that long ago. <laughs> But I mean, what what have they done since then? Or is, do they still have the? What have he done since then? I I'm not. I don't think so. But I'm not. I mean, I'm not really up on my NYCFC to be honest with you. I just know that they won recently and hung the saddest banner in Yankee Stadium. I saw that. And then <laughs> I mean, like same thing with Red Bull too, though. Like Red Bull seems like they're the least important of the Red Bull brand, and I just don't want that to happen to us. I I mean I don't know. I think this is hypothetical. Everything like that, we could probably. I I think we have to study it up a little bit, but. To me, it's an interesting aspect that I think it opens more doors to the MLS. I'm not against it. Now, let's move on, right? There's another one as well, a big name, um, Joseph Martinez. He's officially bought out. He's free to go. He was getting around $4 million. The rumors are if he wants to stick around, you might be able to get him a price at $2 million. He might cost you a DP slot, or I think you can max Gam or Tam him. I'm sorry. I don't know which one is which. Now, if he costs a DP slot and he's $2 million, I don't know, man. I'm not. I know a lot of people keep saying no, 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 but he played on a really crappy inner Miami team until Messi got there. And then when Messi got there, he started scoring goals. Before that, and it really sucked. Like they were, there's a reason they were bottom of the table. When he was back with Atlanta United, he was a star in this league. I think if you paired him with our midfield, I know a lot of people, oh, he doesn't play Benny Ball, but. I'm unaware of what we really want in a striker, but I know we need somebody who can score goals. That guy can score goals. I'm in on him. He's an MLS proven striker, and I'm more in on that than just getting a name and hoping he can adjust to our league. Why are you even like? Why are you even worried about that? We have Sebas coming back. Did you hear? <laughs> yeah, man. And you know what? I think that's more reason why we need Martinez. Let those two divas <laughs> battle it out. Look, I feel if I were to say anything else, I'd be hypocritical because everything you just said is exactly what I said as far as being for Chicharito coming. Put any of those guys with the midfield like we have, I think they're going to thrive. The guy wasn't working with much when he was in Miami, and I can't fault him for that. I mean, look at Christian Ramirez. Christian Ramirez didn't do crap with us. Look at him now. So (laughs) if I could get him at a decent deal, I'm okay with giving up that DP spot for someone like Joseph Martinez. We've seen what his, we've seen what his ceiling is. Um, I will say Juan Pareda uh, tweeted out that he had a Dynamo News update and that Pat Onstat is going after big names this offseason. 
possibly a striker. If he didn't say that big name was a striker, he said possibly. I'm curious, when they say big names, is Joseph Martinez a big name to you? I think for in our league, yes. And I, I, I mean, I understand that the average soccer fan is probably going to think big name and it's got to be somebody from Europe or and and that would be awesome. But to me, in terms of if you watch enough MLS, yeah, Martinez is a big name in this league. And I think that's, if we got him, I would be stoked. I'd be like, these are the kind of moves that I that I like to see. My thing is that, like, look, we, and I, I mean, I'll take ownership. I bitch and moan when we sign this when we sign eighteen year old strikers, or we're rumored to yeah. get a seventeen year old Honduran striker. Like, no, dude, I will take a Joseph Martinez any day. Someone who's proven, someone who can do it. Like, I'm done experimenting with my strikers when I have a thirty some year old Areda, thirty some year old Artur. Like, we need to win now. Exactly. Now's, now's the time to win. So I'm all for it. Again, the same reasons I said we'd sign Chicharito, I'd be okay with it. I'd be the same, uh, same exact thing goes for Joseph Martinez. So the only uh, thing I, I say I like that, that Martinez has a little bit leg up is he's not as injury prone. Now, granted, he's not you know clean bill of health either, but I that's the only reason why I'd rather him over Chicharito. But I get if him and Herrera already have a connection and they want to be together, I'm here for that. So like. I, it, it's to me, Martinez is who I'd, I would prefer. Yeah, he is younger, but it, it, he is who I would prefer, but whatever. It depends on the cost, really does. Right. And then, uh, are you, do you have any other news rumors, Brandon? Uh, in terms of Matias uh, Pellegrini from NYCFC, he's 23 years old. Uh, he's in, in the MLS forever. He's played on in Miami and uh, also NYCFC, as I mentioned. He's going for about 1.1 million. He's an interesting player because he is only 23. He's young, but. I don't know. He just hasn't quite blossomed, but he'll be an interesting prospect to see what he gains on the market. Uh, you didn't mention a a certain back that just signed to the Dorsey? team in Florida. No, no, no. To the team in Florida. Somebody, oh, oh, dude, is that official? I believe it was. Was that just a rumor? Oh, that I, I thought it was a done deal. I don't know. I didn't know. If, I thought it was still a rumor because that one hurts, man. I want Julian bad for us, especially. I think if we sell Kogo, dude, he would be a perfect addition to our team. Give him the number 10 kid. I'm even okay with that. <laughs> but, like, he's he's somebody that would be special. If he goes to Interman, that is some BS, dude, because what are they doing with their money that allows this? I thought we were a salary cap team, but somehow they're just bringing in everybody. Like, even if you're side paying them, like, off the books – that's got to be illegal, right? How come we can't do that? Come on, oil money. What's the what's uh, shadow, damn it? <laughs> what's the saying? Uh, the rich get richer. That's that's exactly what that felt like. If if that rumor is true, so um, dude, he better not he, be going there. That one hurts. If that's true, I thought it was still I mean, a rumor. It, it might still be a rumor, but that's what off the post is all about: rumors and news. <laughs> uh, and yeah, as you mentioned, we signed Dorsey. I think everyone in Houston uh, had a sigh of relief. You know what sucks about that? The day before, the Dynamo came out with like, Dorsey has won fan vote of the year. And it was like, I don't know if y'all had the same thing. But I was like, fuck yeah, we signed him. And then I read the subtitles. I was like, wait, what? He won fan of, uh, like moment of the year? Like, who cares, dude? It's, right. Especially because like the posters, him like fist pumping and like looking <laughs> like everything's great. And it's like. I, great, you know, like congrats, yeah. man. We don't want that one. I saw the same thing. That was funny. Oh man. Um. So yeah, and then uh, just to hit, I don't. I mean, it, this just happened today. Our draft picks. Um, I don't know much about them. I don't watch much college soccer at all. But the same. one that got me a little uh, uh, giddy was 
the day before, yeah, uh, yesterday, literally, Tom Bogert tweeted, sources, European clubs looking at Clemson winger, potential top 10 MLS yeah. super draft pick, Osman Sila, uh, and I apologize, I know I'm butchering that, uh, Utrecht, Midland, uh, and two League 2 teams amongst clubs calling, hasn't signed anything with MLS ahead of draft. He just won the NCAA title and is a Mark Herman Trophy finalist. Brandon, we were picking in in the double digits. How the hell did we pull that off? So the rumor is is that he was going to go to Europe, and so because of that, nobody wanted to draft him because he's just going to sign there. So if we can keep him, that's awesome. But if that rumor is to be true, then we just took a risk. So I don't know. Uh, educate me on this. How does it work as opposed to like the NFL draft? If we drafted him, can we sign him immediately and get whatever we sell him for from a European club? Or is there like a, a window? Not a thousand percent sure, but I think it's closer to how the baseball draft works. So like you can draft a kid out of college and you theoretically have like the rights to him. Yeah. But they can also go then go back to college and then re-enter the draft. So like I think the way it works in soccer, especially overseas, is like you have the rights to him and he can sign wherever. But if these, if he doesn't agree to those, then we can sign. So like we'd have to be out those contracts. That's the issue. Is a lot of teams don't want to basically overbid for this guy. That's, uh, I guess that's uh, that's kind of what we had with uh, Jurgen Dam, right? We had the rights to Jurgen Dam, and then he never played for us, and then we sold him to Atlanta, or his rights to Atlanta. I the think that's what the that matter is. Like, like this is obviously like a deeper pod, but. College soccer has to drastically change because if a kid's going to play college soccer at the age of, say, 18, 19, you have to question, like, well, why aren't they good enough to go play somewhere overseas? I know that's really negative to say, but that's the truth. Look at every great U.S. kid that plays soccer. He's probably somewhere overseas, right? And he's like 18, 19, 20. So if they're coming from the collegiate system, they're good don't get me wrong they're very good but good to a point and you can be like well look at griffin dorsey like i i get it but also in terms of what we're talking about here they're just a, it's a different level and, and that needs to change i remember i saw a reddit post years ago and it was like i'm so glad christian pulisic went to europe instead of going the collegiate route because he'd just be working at enterprise rent a car right now and i was working at enterprise rent a car at the time so that one hurt uh so oh that's awesome all right brandon so that was our newly our new segments um during this off season off the post we are going around to balling around the globe our segment where we take a story from somewhere around the globe and tell you our dynamo listeners balling around the globe brandon i'll kick it off this week i've been excited since i read this uh I always want to ask the questions like you do. I just, I can never do it. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to come up with it. Glenn, your mind. Glenn, Glenn Tamplin. Does that name ring a bell for you at all? No idea. It shouldn't. So everyone's on this hype of like Americans owning football clubs or soccer clubs, right? The whole welcome to Wrexham thing. Like I, I get it. That's the new craze right now. Will Ferrell and part of LAFC. Well, Glenn Tamplin was ahead of the trend and he bought and I'm butchering this, Billerike Town, Billerike, Billerike. Um, they're in non-league football in the UK. They're past the fifth division, past the national league. They're one of the smaller divisions. As soon as this guy, as soon as this guy bought the club, he spent over two million dollars on them. Like the next day, 
spends $2 million on them, completely fixes the, the grounds, the, the stadium, the training facilities. He brings in ex-EPL players to play for this non-league side. The guy's spending money left and right. Fans are getting excited. This is it. We're going to be in the EPL soon. Like everything, roses were red. Everything was going great. Well, a, a year later, he hires himself as team manager. <laughs> the team plays poorly. He asked the team to not get paid for the next two weeks until they won again. <laughs> team wasn't crazy about that, so he fired himself as manager just to eventually rehire himself a few weeks later once they started winning again. So the guys in that case, the uh, the Daily Mail, I want to say, did a tour of the facility of, of Billericay Town, all the money that he put in. They found murals of himself in the training <laughs> ground, in the locker rooms, literally like this guy like in bikinis, wearing like nothing but a, a towel. The guy's a nutcase. Well, uh, a few <laughs> years goes by and they're not doing much. He sells the team in 2018, goes and buys another team. That didn't work. He sells them a year later because of COVID. Well, Brandon, Mr. Glenn Tamplin is currently on the run and wanted Ooh. by the UK government. Um, a whole bunch of charges, um, cocaine possession being one of them. But <laughs> I was going to say. If you or anyone across the pond has any information on Mr. Glenn Tamplin, give the UK police a call. There's a reward. Uh, they're looking for, uh, for an ex-football club owner. Or DM me because I want one of those paintings and I will make it my background permanently if we can get one of those because that would be hilarious. Somebody like just seeing this, not hearing the audio, is like, what the hell? What kind of podcast is this? So. A good one. A smart one. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. Good for him. It sounds like, uh, unfortunately, it's not going to work out for the town and the club, but what a run. <laughs> I hate to say it. If I was, a, if I was an owner, like, I... In my head, I'm like, you know, I'd be a good owner. I'd do it for the people. I want to say I'd be a Glenn Tamplin. I'd be booking myself <laughs> as manager. I'd have my buddies as players. Uh, yeah, I I sympathize with the guy, all right? Okay. All right, Cole. Ready for mine? Um, as always, I'll start with some questions for you. All right, Jamal, you're getting a or you're getting a statue of you. What is the one thing you hope the statue gets correct? A nice bulge. <laughs> Amazingly, you said that because, yes, that is what I'm talking about here. Dude, I totally guessed that, by the way. I did not know that. No joke. I did not know that. So in Buenos Aires, we go down to Argentina today for Balling Around the Globe. For The statue revealed outside the Buenos Aires Giants Monumental Stadium on Saturday has led to mockery on social media due to its oversized growing area. Now, when they reached out to the creator of it, he basically essentially said that the area was enlarged deliberately, as one should. And, all right, so the Argentinian sculptor Mercedes Saval, who created the statue, said the growing area was enlarged deliberately. As he goes on to further state, the work is meant to be seen from underneath, she told the radio show. They, uh, it's more noticeable in a photograph than in person. It was based on the Bull of Wall Street. I exaggerated that part, and I understood that it has to do with a gesture towards the fans. It's not sexual. It has to do with other things, such as vitality. The real fans understand it. So, you know, real hoopers know. And then, uh, so they went on to kind of denounce this piece. So, believe it or not, 
the thing that you worry most about your statue being correct is exactly what Gallardo got. And apparently as he was watching it, he had no objections throughout the entire build. No kidding. So Brandon, if that statue was available, would you also have that in your background? It's a large statue, no pun intended. Uh, but it would be one of those things that if I had it on a smaller scale or like a bobblehead, you best believe that would be on the show. If you get a chance, I can't believe Google... you actually guessed big bulge, dude. Who guesses that? Everybody always says face. Like you ever see the Ronaldo statue? That thing looks ridiculous. When you got a nice bulge, Brandon, it's important. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. You're telling <laughs> us everything that we need to know. By the way, I'm going to, so this is like for you and also those who watch us on YouTube, you can see that I'm going to share my screen here. You can see it on the statue, right? Pants <laughs> looking a little tight amazing? there. Right? Oh and, and then my favorite is like he's holding a thing that looks like the Stanley Cup with the ball on top. Oh, yeah. It looks just like the Stanley Cup. Right? And then just That's down hilarious. there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Spotify Fantastic. listeners, Apple podcast listeners, get to YouTube, The Way We Ball Space Podcast. And, yeah, get a look at that beauty for yourself. Yeah, that was uh, for all the real ones. Or you could Google it, but that's no fun. That's no fun. Oh, and give us a like, please. We could use it yeah, for a YouTube channel. Absolutely. Uh, so that was it for our Ball and Around the Globe segment, where we take a story from around the globe and share it with you, our Dynamo listeners. Brandon, let's wrap it up with everyone's favorite segment, Ball In or Ball Out. Ball In or Ball Out. All right. So Ball In, Ball Out. We give each other a a piece of news, a story, and we say if we're for it or against it, for it, ball in, against it, ball out. Brandon, you have the topics? I do. So this goes to tie into MLS, where it is the third kit sales in terms of you can't have a third kit. Now, are you ball in, ball out for eliminating the third kit rule, open it up to everybody in MLS, or do you think those who actually sell the jerseys should be rewarded? I am Ball out on limiting, folks. I think everybody should have a chance. I love kits. I feel like some clubs are more creative than others, so I wouldn't want to hold anyone back on some potential art out there. I'm with you. I think more variety is fun, especially in this sport. It's not like jerseys in soccer are not tied into it, like baseball and football and basketball, where they're historic or synonymous so much. Like, you can have more of the color, but not so much as the kit design. I think what makes soccer fun is having that third kit. I get why selling it is kind of a little nudge to make the marketing teams better, to promote your squad, etc. So I, I understand kind of the chasing the carrot, but no, I'm I'm ball out. Let let everybody kind of create more. I'm not here for, for restrictions on a third kit. Open it up. Let the sales flow. I am ball out on Adidas being league wide i hope that uh that changes somehow because i'd love some creative freedom there so like different companies can go and buy and sponsor them kind of like the same thing you do overseas and also yeah. ncaa football etc yeah, yeah i agree i think that just makes it more money and more fun i agree all right, all right. uh next one for you ball in ball out there are no more ties in regular season everything is settled in pks after 90 I went off on a five-minute rant and called myself a soccer purist. I'm offended you would even ask this ball out on that blasphemous idea. Um, I am torn on it because I kind of appreciate the tie. I think a lot of things with American sports 
would be better if it ended in a tie, to be honest with you. Um, most people just can't stand it here in America for some reason. I get it. Uh, but to me, I don't know. There is something fun about PKs, man. It is exciting no matter what, even if it's not for a cup. Just watching it is a good time, watching the players. So it does make it exciting, but maybe that would water it down if it was every time. I say that. NHL went to it, and it is fun to where, like, if it does end in 90, then whoever wins the shootout gets another point. So I think that is also creative as well as maybe it goes 1-1 in terms of you can work for a point, and then in PKs, you can get an extra point if you win that. I think that's an interesting thing to add in, and it makes it more fun. So if they do it that way, you know what? I'm going to go against you. Ball in if they do it my way. You probably also want them to uh, not participate in the Open Cup too, don't you? Hell yeah. I'm here, man. I have Don written on my chest. I believe in that guy. Don G. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I'm calling him Dan on purpose. I know there's going to be some snobs out there. That, oh, he's calling him Dan. I'm doing that <laughs> like on purpose. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't deserve to be called Don. F that guy. He's not all right, the Don. He's last the Dan. one. Let's, let's hear it. Uh, so our last one is, of course, going to be something where I'm trying to change it up now and make it a little bit more silly and not have everything be something serious. So and this is this where... One, this yeah, where we kind of fall off the rails here. I would but, say all of our all of our insights are going to show. Listener, stop listening at this. No minute. way, man! These are the best ones. They tune in. So ball in, ball out. Board games like Monopoly and Candyland and all that stuff. You ball in or ball out on board games, there, Jamal. Ball out, man! I have a cell phone now. I don't need board games. Give me my cell phone. Give me Instagram. Give me Twitter. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm entertained for hours. Uh, I'm with you ball out, dude. I hate board games, man. And especially like, I feel like I have a lot of friends who are like, Oh, come over and we'll have board game night. Hell no, man. I don't want to play that. Like I just, I don't have the patience or time for it. Even if it's like the silly fun games, I know I'm going to be called a stick in the mud. I just, I don't like them. I'm out on that. My thing is that like board games, when do people bring up board games when like a hurricane hits and the lights are out like oh let's just get a board game you play board games at the absolute worst like the last resort and if it's not that case then it's like oh we're gonna play uh uh words of words with humanity or whatever it's cards against humanity and like you always have that annoying person who has to be like over the top like ooh, i'm crazy look at me guys (laughs) like no thanks i'll stick to my solitude i'll stick to my twitter i'll stick to bashing don garber on twitter ball out so okay hurricane hurricane situation are you going to be playing board games then because i don't i'm just going to try to read even if it's dark that's why you have portable batteries my friend portable batteries (laughs) oh my i mean i'm not as much a slave to my technology as you are but i just still no man i've never even liked board games as a kid like Candyland is just pointless like oh you want to play uno no i don't want to pick up 98 cards i don't want to do connect four Checkers might be the only one you can kind of talk me into, actually, now that I've talked this out. I will take <laughs> I it back. I, I don't know if, if this was big in like in Singapore, but uh, well, I went to Langham Creek. Dude, everybody was into uh, Vietnamese cards, VC. Did y'all play that? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to see it. Uh, dude, VC. if it's VC, yeah, I'm ball in 100%. But if it's not VC, I'm out. Well, okay, but then this is like, are card games board games? Because, like, poker's not that, right? I would say no. I, I mean, I feel like a board game has to constitute a board. But uh, I mean, you play on a table. You dance on a table, too. 
do a lot of things on the table, Brandon. <laughs> I just, it, it's one of those things where like, because if I like playing cards, so I mean, I, I know that's board game adjacent, but I don't know, man. I think over, I think, I think of board games like you need to have pieces. Check out VC. And if anyone's like still listening this, this long, I don't know if this is like a Houston. I don't know if this was like a Houston thing because when I moved to the Valley, nobody knew what the hell I was talking about. So if you played VC, comment (laughs) us on any social media and put, you know, VC ball in or VC ball out. If you don't know what I'm talking about and tag us, because I'm very curious. I don't know if that was like a Houston thing because there's such a big Vietnamese population, but man, it was like a thing. It was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a thing, dude. Like we would play homeroom at lunch. It, it was huge. But we'll wrap it up, Brandon. I promise an, a short episode, and we're running as we would a regular episode. Uh, <laughs> before I wrap it all up, just want to say, Vamos America, your Liga MX champions. And for the way we ball, I'm Jamal, and I'm Brandon, and this is the way we ball.